welcome to the Point of Care Ultrasound Certification Academy podcast, where we focus on POCUS. Here, we will discuss all things related to Point of Care Ultrasound, the practice, the trends, and its impact on healthcare. Our program will engage thought leaders who are defining global patient care with the stethoscope of the future. James Day here today, recording live from the Focus on Pocus studio. Today, we have Vinay Yuki as our guest. Uh, Vinay Yuki is a member and volunteer of the American College of Nurse Midwives. She is a member of the Ultrasound Task Force and serves as the nominating committee chair and is also the chair of the Friends of the Midwives of Color, Ethnic, and Diversity Caucus. She has been a contributor to developing standards of care for POCUS and current practice evaluation since 2005. Vinay Yuki graduated from Marquette University College of Nursing with her BSN and MSN degrees. She is a board certified in nurse midwifery through the American Midwifery Certification Board, the AMCB. She focuses her current ultrasonography on practice in rural and underserved communities. Her current and previous experiences reflect involvement in graduate nurse midwifery education and as a hands-on clinical preceptor, which includes point-of-care ultrasonography. She currently supervises an amazing group of midwives and works in a remote rural location and provides POCUS to an underserved, deserving population in the Four Corners area of New Mexico. Very impressive, Vinay. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So, I, wow, there's so much to talk about here um, and such good work you guys are doing. A lot in the, uh, in the press about midwifery and midwives that I've seen and been reading. But, uh, so what resources are available to develop a relevant point-of-care ultrasound clinical skills to you? Well, you know, right now we have, um, through the ARDMS, we have the Midwifery Sonography Certificate. There's several courses that are available. There's some um, exam sim programs. There's some in-person programs, hands-on training that are available for midwives um, to be able to practice and to develop and focus their skills on POCUS. Right. So, uh, so, how, so with that, how does one move forward with securing, uh, you know, your point of care ultrasound credentials as it applies to midwifery? Well, there's specific recommendations that and eligibility requirements, and they're comprised of clinical and um, educational components. Um, they were developed in conjunction with the ARDMS staff, um, and then there is a there was a development task force that looked specifically at developing these types of skills. There's a position statement that can be referenced on www.midwife.org and where you can review the updated eligibility requirements, the certification process, there's specific testing locations. Um, The certification allows you to fully bill Um, It's an interactive test. There are some comprehensive reviews that are available. And in in addition, you can get continuing education units. It's just so much more than just, you know, 
finding the correct answer to a question. It's, it really is a synthesis of knowledge and hands-on skills. So, you know, actually in the, uh, I think it was the LA Times, I saw an article about one of the leading causes of global maternal death is a hemorrhage, uh, usually caused by a placenta block in the birth canal. And I, I think this is a very easy ultrasound diagnos- diagnosis, as well as other causes of maternal hemorrhages. You know, it's, uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so, I mean, there's definitely um, a place in, for ultrasound in reducing um, mortality rates. Um, you know, you can take it from the first trimester where you can um, evaluate and examine for, to rule out ectopic pregnancies, gestational trophoblastic diseases, um, and then in the second trimester, it can help you to determine where the placental location is. And if the placenta is blocking the baby um, and the placenta detaches first, then that's very dangerous um, for, the, for the pregnancy. And, you know, the, the, we look at the placenta and the placenta location to determine where is it in relation to the opening or the, um, the cervix. And if it's covering, it's called placenta previa. Mm-hmm. There's, also, there's also a low-lying um, placenta that's near to the opening but not covering and not opening it up. Those are a little bit safer to deliver vaginally. You want to definitely make sure that you can determine where the placental site is so that the patient can deliver in the most appropriate location. So if, if you miss, I mean, that would be something that would really be missed and that would, you know, is an, would be a suboptimal standard of care. So one way that mm-hmm. by identifying the placenta location, you can know is this patient an appropriate patient for the midwife to care for and is this an appropriate patient to care for in consultation or collaboration with a physician. And then you can look at the location where the patient should be delivered and make sure that at the time of delivery that you develop a proactive plan, like a team approach, um, to make sure that you have all the right um, people on board, um, that you have blood products available and for everybody to know what their role and function is to help um, to prepare for this delivery um, in this appropriate location. You know, also uh, something in the other national press, uh, there was a Washington Post article in the health science section that there's a shocking number of United States women that still die from childbirth. And I think a couple of other uh, states are doing something about it. They're reversing this trend. Uh, California comes to mind. Do you see that more and more in your practice? Yeah, as the um, incidence of cesarean section increases, so does the incidence of abnormal um, placentation. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, you know, important for awareness, um, you know, to know why are, you know, women affected and what populations are affected. And midwifery care has been shown to be favorable um, in in helping to assist with favorable outcomes. because the type of care that's provided, the appropriate use of the technology and the skill set um, that midwives, you know, have that work in specific types of and locations like high-risk practices 
and in collaboration with physicians. You know, I, I really find it fascinating, Four Corners area of New Mexico. Uh, can you tell us about your work uh, in Native American reservations? Well, right now I'm, I work for the Indian Health Services, mm-hmm. and I've been, been here for um, about five years. And we provide primary, primary care. We, you know, have a, we have a critical access hospital. You know, we don't, we're not located near a major metropolitan area. Um, our Albuquerque is one of the closest major cities, and that's still a three-hour drive. So you can imagine, you know, the, the type of, wow. you know, you know, access that we provide that's very critical from the lack of access to, you know, other types of facilities. And so things that, you know, we don't deliver because we look to see, well, could, what services are available here? What can we rapidly, you know, turn around? Is this patient, you know, safe anesthesia-wise? Is this patient safe, um, you know, from her placental location? You know, did, has she had a previous C-section? You know, one thing we do do are... Um, we do trial of labors or vaginal deliveries after cesarean sections for the appropriate candidates that have for the appropriate candidates. And we do transfer out some patients that we feel would be better served at a, at a different location. And that's a hard decision to have to make when you have established a bond and you've been caring for not just the mom, but you care for the daughter, you care for the grandmother. So there's, you know, a lot of, of family caregiving it that's involved in being in a rural location. Yes, and uh, it's, it's shameful the rates of maternal death are as high as they are in America, and, and, uh, and it's not really known as a resource-limited environment, but you speak to that. And I've read a uh, study about midwifery, midwifery programs in uh, Nigeria. Um, so where, where do you see midwifery POCUS practice going in, say, I don't know, five years from now. I think it's going to continue to develop. The skill set's going to continue to evolve. It's going to be secured with the midwives that are currently doing it, and it's going to be something that will be picked up by the next generation, and it will be something where knowledge is shared, and it will be used to enhance outcomes. All right. Vinay, Yuki, nurse midwife. Thank you for taking the time to be here on today's show. You know, I, uh, I appreciate the audience for listening. And don't forget, for even more POCUS Talk, you can follow us on Twitter at POCUS Academy and on Facebook at POCUS Cert Academy. Vinay, it was an honor to have you on our podcast today. It was an honor to be here. Thank you so much for listening. hope you enjoyed today's podcast, Focus on Pocus. Be sure to tune in with us next week for more interviews with thought leaders that are on the forefront of global point-of-care ultrasound. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are the views and opinions of the guests and not those of Intellios. This podcast is for information purposes only.